This show is a Phonic Media production. Welcome back. We are live from the business show. So apologies for the background noise, but there's 30,000 people who are going to turn up in the next couple of days. So if you don't like noise, you're probably best off not listening to this conversation, quite frankly. Anyway, for my next chat, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the lovely Trisha Hewitt. She's no good with directions, but she got her in the end. She's come with a lovely energy. So we don't mind her being a little bit late. Uh, Trisha is from Tap HR. She's one of the exhibitors here at the business show. 30,000 people, 750 exhibitors, 400 expert keynote talks and seminars going on. It's a big couple of days for British business. It's Europe's largest business event. Um, Trish, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying the chatting. So I'm enjoying it. Awesome stuff. What are you What are you here for, Trish? And who are you here to meet? And give us the 60 or 90 second, second upsell of you in the business. It's the upsell of me in the business. Well, the elevator pitch. They call that a networking event, don't they? Give us the elevator pitch. So I provide HR help to startups and SMEs across the UK. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. A lot of things, to be honest. Some people have come to the stand and just want a chat. I'm up for that. Um, some people have come wanting to use the HR services and other people have come wanting to collaborate. So I think all of those three things works really well for me. Awesome stuff. In terms of uh, HR, I kind of understand that, but specifically for startups, Yes. How do you end up in that niche? Um, so my last role kind of in the corporate world was within a startup. And I think it gave me that insight into, do you know what? There's probably quite a lot of startups that are really awesome at what they do, but don't have that HR knowledge and expertise. And if they've got a good idea, that growth kind of you know, shoots off really, really quickly. And then they've not necessarily got the HR foundations that they need. So it just kind of made sense to me to be able to offer it to people too. Yeah, no, it does make sense. As a, as a small business startup, I'm like, oh, actually, if I'd have had someone like you around two years ago, then I wouldn't have... Hired one, two, three, three and a half of the wrong people. Um, but we will go there. We'll like, leave that where it is. So in terms of, so how did you, you, you were working at a startup. What do you find are the most common startup HR challenges that you see? I think it's probably around processes and systems. Um, oh, God. She looked at me with judgy eyes then. She knows. She knows too much. Love that. Um, because when you're in a startup, you've got a great idea, you rush up and you do that. But you haven't necessarily thought about making sure your contracts of employment are right, making sure you've got the processes that you need, and making sure that you're compliant. All that boring HR stuff, to be honest. It's boring, but it's essential, though, isn't it? Because otherwise, I've had so many conversations already today with people who are growing businesses, but then we've talked to a couple of accountancy firms. People just don't know their numbers. And I think HR is probably that same thing. For me, it's a weird analogy. Go with me on this one. HR is almost like painting and decorating. Like if your roof fell in, you get a roofer. But you think you can have a go at painting and decorating your house yourself. And I think a lot of people fall into that trap with HR. And it's only when they get to a certain size of scale or they get to a problem with a potential employee. Like, actually, I didn't onboard them correctly. I didn't give them the right contracts and that. Do you find that a lot that, that people are just have a go heroes themselves with the HR stuff? I do. Um, I find in a lot of instances people have downloaded a template from the internet. Oh, God. Okay. She's joking me again, guys. She knows too much. That's the most common one when actually if you come to somebody like oh, we can make sure that it's robust that it's been drafted by an employment lawyer and then it's going to keep you safe as a business. What do you see for what are the commonalities of sort of startup HR that you see differ from sort of more traditional or more well-established businesses? Is there something specific, like a skill set that you have to hire for? Is it that willingness to have a bit of an element of uncertainty? Because as a, again, as a 
We've got a team of four of us now. We are new. We will pivot stuff. I hate that word, but um, you know, there'll be a new offering that will climb on. Like, right, okay, we could do that. We could do podcast booking. We're, we're kind of, it's not for everybody, is it, the startup world? So, so what are the commonalities you see when you're hiring for staff in a sort of strictly for the startup? Um, industry in the startup world you tend to be hiring somebody who's a bit of a jack of all trades and is happy to do a little bit of everything right because when you're small and you're kind of going for that kind of growth phase you need somebody that will do a little bit of marketing here and there a little bit of office management work a little bit of recruitment whereas when you're looking at bigger companies normally you have you know people who are sectioned off and doing this one thing so for startups you're looking for someone who's kind of open to all areas um, and is able to kind of move and shift with you as an organization do you, when you're, so do you actually help with the recruitment process as well as part of it? Okay, cool. So from your, see, I imagine you've probably done hundreds, if not thousands of interviews and read millions of CVs. When you are hiring for a startup business, obviously it's all going to be context uh, dependent and role, role specific, but do you look, is skill set as much as mindset? as important is one more obviously they need the skills but is, how important is that mindset piece well, I think the mindset piece is really important and I think that's also really important for, for, from an organisational perspective for people to be really clear of what their mission is what their values are and what they're about so that you can hire people that kind of match that mindset that they have I think you've obviously got to have people that have got the right skills yeah for the but you want people who are aligned with your mindset and in a way you also want some people who think slightly differently to you right you want people who can question challenge your thinking as well as people around you who kind of work into the right industry yeah gotcha what's, what's the number one sort of error issue or challenge you see startups make or the, yeah the number one mistake let's call it a mistake let's call it a spade a spade here what mistake do you see startups make again and again you're like oh god you fall into that trap um, I think the contract one um, so they'll use something really basic that they've downloaded off the internet I mean I tried to a, a startup recently and they have some not legal clauses in the contract but they downloaded it from something called you know com, and it was okay um, and then I would probably say communication in a startup so I think when startups are small Usually, that communication circle is very, very tight. But as they grow, sometimes the communication then falls by the wayside, and you kind of need hearts and minds within a startup. So, I think making sure you've got yourself right from a compliance perspective and making sure you really nurture that communication piece as you grow is really important for us to on, on the flip side of the startup scenario, if you are somebody who who is desperate to work in a startup or you, you aspire to be in that kind of industry, how can you make yourself appealing to a startup as, a, as an employee potentially? However, if somebody like me where I have to look at a lot of CVs, do something that's going to make you stand out. So if you've downloaded a template CV as a recruiter, I probably see hundreds of them. 20 times already to that. Yeah, you know what I mean? And the other tip is make sure that you tailor your CV to the role. So if I'm looking for really specific things on my job ad, I know it's going to take a little bit of time for the candidate, but make sure that that's tailored because when I'm sifting, I'm looking to play specific things and equally well just be amazing it's a little bit to be honest and if you use something like Canva grab my attention so if I'm looking at hundreds of CVs the one that's going to stand out to me is the one that's tailored or it's got a bit of colour and a bit of character how important on that point is a cover letter Ooh, that's a very good question. Is it, is it, is it still important? Um, or? I think it depends on the kind of organisation that you're applying for, right? And I think it depends on their application processes. For me personally, when I'm sifting, I, I suppose what I'm saying is if you 
tailor your CV to what the organization is looking for, then there's kind of not really a need for a cover letter, right? But some organizations, maybe some of the older school ones, if I'm honest, um, do like a covering letter. So I think with both of those things, just make sure that they're tailored so you can watch the recruiters on. When you're recruiting for a role, so for those who are looking for employing great people now, um, I and I did this. I sort of, and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. So I'm about to find out live on air. Did I make a gigantic mistake or not? But I actually take. I, I made people apply with three bullet points. I said only send, send me three bullet points about why you want the role, and send me a link to your most recent work. So I was recruiting for a, like a podcast content creator. So it's very specific. So it's like show me your latest video, show me your latest podcast, show me the latest content you worked on, and three bullet points. Okay. And. 95% of the people who applied did not bother to apply in that way. Is that a good, did I did I do the right thing? Trisha, by the way, obviously this is only audio. Trisha's probably going to say something polite now. Her face tells me I made a horrendous mistake and I'm an idiot. That's that's the vibe I'm getting. Tell me the truth, Trish. What do what works for you is a business, okay. right? And that obviously was something you felt. Political answer. Political answer. <laughs> I mean, I tell you want to get more information out of yeah. people, but in a way, you have got a lot of information out of them because you've weeded out the people that haven't read the instructions, yeah, haven't understood what you've asked. So, do you, do you lose a lot of good people in that way, though? Because I got to a point where I was like, I hadn't found the right person. Like, do I actually need to go through? Have I, have I, have I un- unnecessarily like chopped the wood down around the job? I probably would have got them to do both. So I really like the idea because also, you know, from a candidate's perspective, it's, if it's the same boring way of applying, yeah, yeah. I'm not interested, where it's also going to have been different, it's pretty good. Yeah. I think it probably would also help to have the CV and then you can see all of the skills and experience too. Well, I like what you did because it showcases you, your culture, and also it gives you a slightly different slant on when you did the candidate. So, no, who knows? I sort of did right. I sort of did wrong was the answer there. Uh, right, Trish, for those who are at the show, uh, if they listen to this, we're going to send this to you as a podcast clip so you can share on your socials and all that kind of good stuff. Where can people come and find you at the show over the next couple of days? On stand B1002. B1002. Not far from the service desk. And the business is Tap HR. And how else can people find you? Is it website and stuff? Best way to connect? Yeah, website on www.taphr.co.uk. I love a bit of TikTok. So if anyone's into that, get on there. I do a video pretty much every other day and all the normal stuff. So Instagram, you know, LinkedIn, all the normal places. Awesome stuff, Trish from Tap HR. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great rest of the show. Oh, thanks. thanks for being on. <laughs> This show is a Phonic Media production.